0: Busy living soap. Busy living soap. Okay, look at JF's face. Okay, I'm doing this new thing. I'm taping us. I'm recording this with the camera on the computer. As well as recording this on my phone. As you can see here. So now you're watching us do a live video.
1: Have you been recording it the whole time I've been sitting here?
0: No, just right now. Oh, thank goodness. Okay, thank goodness, he says. This is JF, my husband. Say hi. 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 So today, I'm really excited because not only do I have JF here, which is awesome, but I also had some people reach out to me. My dear friend from Dallas reached out, from Texas, and then I had a new friend from Instagram that reached out and asked some questions. And the first question that I really want to talk about is the subject of craving. Mm-hmm. What do you do when you, like for instance, I have someone that just reached out that said, "Oh my gosh, I have just quit drinking after a really bad." bad time i t- this person had tried to quit drinking numerous times mm-hmm. and of course i think his loved one whoever his special person wasn't in, in his or her life um gave that person an ultimatum and was like you should quit drinking and the person did they quit drinking but then the person wanted them to go out and drink with them to which the person went it is confusing and then the person went out and they drank and what do you think happened
1: well, it sounded like the first person, one of the second person, that quit getting drunk.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's but, the problem. <laughs> if,
1: they're, if they're an alcoholic, that just doesn't work.
0: It doesn't work. So no. the person is literally totally confused, and their their special person in their life that they had been with for a really long time walked out mm-hmm. and left the person. Mm-hmm. That's hard. All by themselves. Yep. And now this person's feeling sad and lonely. And as you can imagine, and confused, and I think there's probably a lot of fear, but that person reached out and said, you know what, what do you do about the cravings? And my other friend from Dallas said, what is it when you like, feel like you just want to have one glass of wine? So I want to talk about those things. Okay. And so I'm going to give my opinion and then I'd love for you to give yours. How does that sound?
1: Sounds good. You want to talk about the cravings first or... What do you do when you want to have one glass of wine first?
0: Well, I think the both of them are kind of in the same. I think they follow underneath the same kind of heading. What do you think? Mm, Could be. Let's let's find out. So let's see what comes from us. Mm -hmm. So I can tell you this. Um, I remember when I was first getting sober and I really prayed a lot to say, I just don't want to have these cravings anymore. I just don't want to drink anymore. I don't want to drink anymore. And I pray and I didn't want to drink anymore. And I also use that in tandem with going to 12 step meetings, which in the end really has worked for me and my benefit because I've met tons of people. I have a whole new network of friends. None of my friends really drink and it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. So that craving went away. Um, But I used help. I asked for help. I didn't do it by myself. I think getting sober and being sober by yourself, is, if you do it, great. And you can do it, good for you. I mean, I'm not saying that's bad or good. I just Mm -hmm. think good for you. I think, though, um, I think that um, doing it and quitting and dealing with the craving. I know that, for instance, right now. I've been smoking on and off since I was 13 years old and now I'm 50. So I've been smoking for a long time and I don't smoke a lot. I'm not like a pack a day by any stretch of the imagination. I'm probably a pack a week, maybe, maybe even a pack every two weeks. Cause I smoke like one or two a day and there's 20 in a pack. So, you know, that's, so it's like probably, I, so definitely I go through a pack in two weeks, but it's like a, it's something that's really hard. Right. Cause it, I have cravings all the time. It's like, oh my gosh, oh my, I want one. I want one, I want one, I want one, I want one. Yesterday, I wanted one. And I got in the car, and I went to drive to go get one. And then my phone rang, so I didn't get one. And then I got you in the car, and the boys in the car, and they're like, you're not smoking anymore, I'm not letting you get cigarettes, so I didn't get cigarettes. Right. So I made it through the day.
1: And then we, <clears throat> we went out to dinner, and your craving was gone by then.
0: It was gone by then. Yes. I mean, right now, I'm having another one. It will pass. It will pass. Mm-hmm. It'll pass. But I wake up in the morning and for me, I say God. And I'm like, God, please take away the, the craving for alcohol, the craving for cigarettes, the craving for sugar because I just gave up sugar too. I know I'm crazy giving up all this stuff at the same time, but I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And I think that asking God for help and talking about it with you helps. Sure. So, what are your thoughts on this?
1: Well, <clears throat> I, um, I've, I have several thoughts on it.
0: Okay, I'd love to hear them.
1: So, I, too, am sober, in case you didn't know. Um, and I, too, uh, got sober by going to a 12-step program. And that really helped me out a lot in a lot of ways. And, uh, and for me, one of the most important ways was that um, it made me, like, <clears throat> it instantly made me accountable um. So I had a, a, like immediately upon getting into the twelve step program, I met some people. Are you talking to me? And uh, and they became my friends. Like they just latched onto me, and they were like, "You're going to do this, and you're going to do that." And they really kept an eye on me, and like they're gonna if we, you're gonna check in with us, but they would check in with me if I didn't check in with them. Um, so it made me, it, they, they kind of put me in this position where like, I don't want to like, I don't want to, I won't drink because I don't want to, you know, it wasn't about letting those guys down and it wasn't about disappointing those guys. It was just about being accountable to them. It was like, I don't want them to be like, ah, oh, you know, we knew he, we knew he wasn't going to make it. I don't even know. They'd never thought that way at all, but they kept me very accountable. So, and I needed that. Um, you know, they were the kind of guys, like, they made me, like, make coffee and do this and do that. And, you know, show up and, like, show up early because I had to be there early because they gave me a job to do. And you couldn't do it drunk. So, therefore, well, what about I was accountable. F- so, one of the things that they, what they told me about cravings was very simple. They just said, they said, this too shall pass. And, uh. What they said was, you'll get a craving, everybody gets a craving, it will pass. You don't have to. Just because you have a craving doesn't mean you have to give in to it. Give it time, and it will pass. And what I found was, for me, was the longer that I didn't have a drink, um, the longer it was in between cravings, and the shorter the cravings actually lasted. Um, the other thing they told me was to ask god every day to remove the obsession to drink alcohol um which i have done and which i still do um but they it was explained to me that the uh, the obsession and the craving were two different things so the obsession is the mental twist that tells me that um uh it talks me into having a drink is what it really does the craving is is not at least with me anyway, it's not so much a, a it's not a mental thing, it's a physical thing. Um, and the physical craving gets started when I have the thing in my system. So I need to detox from it, however long that takes. Um, and I think it takes different people different amounts of time to detox. I, You know, for me, I think it took, it felt like it took about four or five months to get detoxed off of alcohol you know, till I would go like a long time and like, go, gosh, I haven't had a craving and, and I haven't thought about a drink in a long time. You know, I used, and especially in early sobriety, I would amaze myself at, if I went through a stressful situation, you know, that I'd get to the end of the stressful situation and it would be over and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I just went through that and I didn't think about taking a drink. Like, how about that? That's amazing. Um, and the cravings did go away. I haven't had a craving in a long time, thank goodness. Um, you know. But it just was one of those things that I had to get through. Um, and I feel bad for people that I see that like, constantly are relapsing. It's like giving into that craving, right? Yeah. Um, where if you had just picked up the phone instead of picked up the drink, I guarantee you... On the phone, within five minutes, your cravings would be gone if you were talking to somebody else in, in the program because it's just the way it works. I don't know how that works, how that magic works, but it does.
0: And now what if the person doesn't have a program?
1: Let's well, say
0: that they have decided that they 12-step wasn't for them. Which I totally, if it doesn't work, I, I mean, I'm not trying to push anything, as everybody knows that listens. I don't push anything. I don't push anything. I don't push anything. Mm-hmm. I, don't push anything I just say it works for me. But if that doesn't work for the person that's listening, I think those tools could work for them, too.
1: Well, yeah. Then I think the important thing to realize is it's just a craving, and it will pass. You don't have to give in to it.
0: And reach out to somebody. Like, these guys have been reaching out to me, my friend in Texas, and another friend in Virginia, and another friend that just on Instagram. So, I mean, it's reach out to somebody. I also want to go, and I want to read. I think having that
1: accountability, some people to be accountable to, doesn't have to be people in the program, but it would make a, uh, I think it would make a big difference in their lives, for sure. To have a daily person that you check in with daily to say, yes, I didn't, I made it through today.
0: And, um... And I want to also bring up this other... So the other thing I want to talk about now Mm -hmm. is I mentioned in a podcast not long ago that a friend was judging me because I was talking a lot about being sober. Remember that? I have a friend in California who was like, oh my God, it seems like all you do is talk about sobriety. And my friend said that... Another friend said that she was upset that my friend was frustrated because I was like, it totally... What made me very upset? You know what? It actually didn't make me upset. What it made me realize is that my friend didn't have my best interest at heart anyway. Because if you have my best interest at heart, you want me to be sober. And if I'm talking about sobriety a lot, that means that it's front and center in my mind. And it's something that I'm embracing. If I had cancer and I were going and that person would probably want me to talk about my cancer and want me to talk about my treatments. But because my disease is alcoholism, I'm not supposed to talk about it. Because I have to be ashamed about it. But um, I've realized... I realized in the beginning, when I was first getting sober, the tape part. Playing the tape. And what I mean about playing the tape, and my friend from Dallas said this to me. You know, playing the tape, for me, means you look... I remember being newly sober... And looking at the glass going, oh, my gosh, that looks really tasty. That looks really good. Sure. And then realizing, okay, let's play that tape through. Meaning, okay, I have one of those drinks. And then guess what? I have another one of those drinks. And then I have another one of those drinks. And it just keeps going, 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 going. Because the phenomenon of craving that we talked about earlier, at least for this alcoholic, me, and I'm not going to speak for you. I'm going to speak for me. I remember going and saying, I'm only, I'm only going to have one dirty martini. And after having that one dirty martini, I'd be like, "Mm, all right, I'll I'll have one more. Well, it kept going and going and going until the end of the night after I've had, like, not only did I have a couple of martinis, and I'd have a couple of bottles of wine, and then I'd have some shots, and then I'd wake up the next morning going, oh, my God, I swore I wasn't only going to have one. hmm So I have to remember that I can't control it once it touches my lips. All bets are off. Do you
1: agree? Well, I do agree, and I think that... You know, you could speak for me and you could speak for every other alcoholic. It's a med- medically recognized trait of, of alcoholism is that once you start, the phenomenon of craving starts. So it is possible yeah. for somebody who has alcoholism to go out and have one drink and go home. I can assure you they're not going to be happy about it. <laughs> they're just not um, because they, their body is screaming for, for more, more. as yeah. soon as it starts. Absolutely. So the only way that you can prevent that from happening is to not put it in you. You know? Right. There, there is no such thing as one drink for us. You know?
0: I mean, i done it, and I remember doing it, I remember having one drink and going, Okay, I just had one drink, and... I'm not going to have another one, but then going, oh my God, but I really want another one. And then the person standing next to you is like, go on, have another one. You don't have a problem. And then little do you know, you wake up the next day and you're like, oh my gosh, it's like, forget about it and forget about it. And you feel horrible because, that's so loud. um, there, um, you, 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 just, you, you have so many. And at least for me, I have the one and I have 20. It's just a problem. It's just the way it happens. And that's the phenomenon of craving. It's like and especially if it's alcohol because you all your decision making is gone at that point. So the cravings are there, they're front and center and you can't stop. Right. And the Surgeon General even looks at alcoholism as being a disease. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's a disease. It's a phenomenon of craving. It's that, and it's, I, I don't know if the people that are listening can real, like can remember that feeling if they know what I'm talking about, but you have one drink and it's like, I need another one.
1: Well, if you've never been through it, you probably can't relate. So for the non-alcoholic person, they really feel like it's not anything other than, like some sort of a lack of willpower or something and uh, you know that's certainly it's, it's not the case um, you know it's <clears throat> as uh, you know addicts or alcoholics whatever their drug of choice is they you know they want to control it and enjoy it and there's just no way to control it it's impossible because of that phenomenon of craving the body just wants more and more and more until you're completely out of control
0: right and that's what that's what playing the tape is is remembering that it's looking at that and going okay i would remember i still recall this is looking at that glass of wine and going okay that looks really good but let's play the tape okay i have one glass of wine and then i have another and then i have another and now i'm going back to the insanity of thinking that i can drink like a normal person
1: yeah, for me, I look at it like, to me, I think of the first drink as lighting the fuse. Like, that first sip, for me, it's not even the first drink, it's the first sip lights the fuse, and once the fuse is lit, it's, you know, it's not over until something blows up. It's, in my life, It's that's always been that way, and I, I know that will always be that way. So, you know, I don't want to light the fuse anymore. And it's such a simple thing for me to all I have to do is just not drink, and I'm fine. That was, uh, you know, in all my misadventures in active, uh, alcoholism of, you know, trying to find a way to control it. You know, the one thing I never thought about was like, what if I just never started? Um, you know, because I was obsessed with it. And, uh, you know, once I got to that point of being able to say, maybe I should just not drink, try that, see if that works. It worked perfectly. You know, the bomb hasn't gone off once since I stopped.
0: So that's, and so if you're out there and you're battling and you're like, oh my gosh, I think I have a problem. I don't know if I have a problem. If you can't go, like my friend asked, what happens when you have that thought? I'm going to look what my friend in Dallas said, which was, let's see. I've got to go read her text message because I love having this right here. Um, what, when you have that thought. Man, it would be nice to have a glass
1: of wine. It's just a thought.
0: It's just a thought because the reality is, is that.
1: My reality is I can't have a glass of wine.
0: (laughs) I can't have a glass of wine. Why would I even tempt fate? Like if life is so good.
1: And the real truth for me is I would never want a glass of wine.
0: Neither would I because like, I'd want to get blacked out.
1: Exactly. I've never wanted a glass of wine.
0: No, I don't want a glass of wine. I want to get blacked out. I want to keep going and going and going and going. I mean, I don't know if I want to, but my body wants to. Exactly. Yeah, it's med, not.
1: Med, yeah, I don't. Up here, I don't want to get blacked out. No, in I my
0: don't. head, I don't want to get blacked out. In but, my heart, I don't want to get blacked out. But my body chemistry, because it is made up the absolutely. way it is made up, is like, oh no, we're going big or we're going home.
1: Exactly.
0: There, it's like that. It's like that. Click goes off. Exactly. So yeah, it might be nice. It might look nice. I mean, yes, you watch TV, you watch beer commercials. This weekend's the Super Bowl. Okay, it's the Super Bowl, and I understand there are going to be a lot of ads. There's going to be a lot of drinking this weekend, isn't there?
1: I suppose that's probably true.
0: Yeah, there's going to be a lot of drinking. I mean, we all know that it's the biggest. It's the biggest party. One of the biggest parties of the year. Um, the Patriots and the Rams, here we go. Hopefully it's not.
1: <laughs> That'll tamp it down nationwide a little
0: bit. <laughs> Thank God it will. Cause I don't think <laughs> we're kind of sick of watching Tom Brady. I'm sorry, Tom Brady. You're an amazing athlete. We don't, we're not going to take that away from you, but let's face it. But if you're there and you're like, oh my God, I've got to go to a party. How am I going to feel comfortable? And everybody's going to be around you. And it's like playing the tape. It's like, great. It looks nice. But I, you know, if we were, it's an allergy. Bottom line, we're allergic to alcohol. We're mm-hmm. allergic to alcohol because we drink alcohol and bad things happen. That's
1: right. Now, if you were allergic to peanuts, would you like go to the party and be like, mm, maybe I can just have like one scoop of peanut butter? <laughs> it can't hurt me. <laughs> maybe one. I don't know. Last time I did that, my whole my my whole head blew up. But maybe this time it'll be different.
0: <laughs> maybe this time I won't end up hating myself tomorrow morning. I mean, it, the problem is, is that with alcohol, you wake up the next day and you're like, oh my god, what did I do? How did I do this again?
1: Right. Well, nobody would do that with peanut butter.
0: Nobody would do that with peanut butter, but everybody does it with alcohol. And it's just like, and if you can't drink it, it's like, it's the whole premise of busy living sober. It's like big deal. Get busy living sober. Enjoy life one day at a time and just get busy living in the day. You know, I've been doing a lot of down here in Florida. I've been doing a lot of yoga. And I've been doing a lot of meditating. Deepak Chopra has a great meditation that's out right now. And it's called Healing Thyself. And it started two weeks ago. We're in the third week. And there's meditations each day, and I love it. And it's really grounded me. And, you know, some of the same things that we talk about in my 12-step meetings, we talk, Deepak talks about, which are Buddhist principles, which are living in the day. Like, really, honestly, living in the day. My husband's looking at me right now with this little grimace face on his because I have a very hard time living in the day. I'm really trying desperately to do it. I've been really working hard at it. Um, I look sometimes just look down at my feet and I'm like, okay, I'm here right now. Everything's okay. And I have to do that a lot. But, you know, living in the day and living in that Buddhist principle of being like, you know what, I am allergic to something. I don't have to have it be the only thing I think about is alcohol. I don't have to think about alcohol. I don't have to think about everybody doing what they're doing if I'm okay in my own skin. And it's interesting because I think that like falling in love with people, I think starting new relationships, doing all of the above, a lot of things like you have to be okay in your own skin before you can embark on any of those things, right? You can't start a new relationship if you don't love you. If you don't love you it's very hard to love somebody else would you agree oh absolutely right so falling in love with yourself is a really important characteristic and so with the with falling in love with yourself
1: well i can tell you one thing you can like yourself a lot better if, <clears throat> when you uh do things that are are estimable that give you esteem and and one of the things that doesn't give you esteem is getting in trouble every night
0: and it's drinking just, and doing things that you're ashamed of
1: well, exactly. i say drinking gets you in trouble every night. Nobody, nobody who has a problem with a substance wakes up in the morning and was like from a blackout or whatever and be like, that was a great night. Right. They just don't. I want to do that again. They just don't. I mean, it's, it's a terrible feeling when you wake up and you have to figure out where you are and what you did. And it does not make you like yourself one bit. And the part that makes you like yourself even less is the fact that you have to keep that hidden from everybody, you know? It's a big secret. Um, And you talk about the shame of addiction. That's it. If you're ashamed of yourself, how can you even like yourself, let alone love yourself?
0: And if every time you drink, you get ashamed of yourself... Right. How are you? It's like a horrible cycle that just goes in circles it and circles and circles. Worse. It just gets worse and worse. Yeah. And I've noticed through the years of being sober, and I don't know if you're going to agree with this too, JF, but I've noticed that like, if you go out for dinner or, you sit, or you're sit, you sitting out for dinner and you watch people that don't have a drink, the people that have a drinking problem are constantly like, where's another, where's another drink, where's another drink, where's another drink? The people that just sit there and could take it or leave it, they could care less. I see that a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that every person that drinks has a drinking problem because that, by, by, by well, no, for most, sure. Most, most don't. Most don't have a drinking problem.
1: Well, here's the thing for people that do have a drinking problem that a realization I came to is that most people don't drink most of the time. That was really surprising to me when I found that out.
0: Because <laughs> we drank, I mean, that's all I look forward to. It was like, oh my God, I can't wait till I drink again. Right. And little did I know that drinking again was going to get me in trouble and get me in trouble and get me in trouble. And it was just this horrible cycle. So if you're out there, and I, by the way, I love getting your guys' messages. It really makes me feel good, I have to tell you. And, um, you know, I'm in this just to help people. That's the bottom line. And I, of course, friends and family members to get on here with me because I'm so grateful. But, um, you know, if you're out there and you're having the cravings and you look at the... and. You look at that drink and you're like, what do I, I, you know, maybe have a whole different view on it. Like, be like, okay, at least for me, it's poison. Just when we were kids and I remember my mom underneath the sink had those poison stickers on the cabinet and I'd be like, "Mm, can't go there. It's just like that. It's poison. You don't want it. All it's going to do is make your life a little more chaotic and a little more dramatic and something you really don't want today. Do you agree?
1: Yeah, and I would just say, you know, to wrap it up, I mean, we talked about the cravings. If you're having a craving, it will pass. You don't have to give in to it. It will pass. might pass faster and easier if you call up somebody and talk to them about it.
0: Or email um, someone.
1: Could be. I like instant gratification myself. And, uh, you know, and if you're thinking that a glass of wine looks good, that thought will also pass. It's Once again, it's a thought. You don't have to act out on it. You just don't.
0: I mean, it's like you don't walk by every ice cream store and get a double scoop and go home and eat it. You know, darn it. Darn it. I really wish I could. <laughs> but we can't. But if you are having a craving, maybe I do suggest getting an ice cream cone because it is. it might just get one scoop. I'm not saying get four scoops, one scoop of ice cream and enjoy it. Or one cup of ice cream. One little scoop of cup so i just want you guys to know that if you're out there and you're battling i am cheering you on i promise you i'm cheering you on if you reach out to me at busy b-i-z-z-y at busy living sober i will respond if you instant message me on facebook or on instagram you can find me at busy living sober and i will respond right away and bottom line is just know that you're not alone okay and you can do this one day at a time just don't make it so cumbersome just do it today. Just today, be Buddhist and live in the day. If you live in the day, all your dreams can be absolutely magical because that's the present and the present is where all the presents are. So, keep getting busy. Living sober. And I will talk to y'all next week. Any other thoughts and things that you'd like for me to talk about or and I'll get JF and I'm hoping to get my friend Weezy back on here. She's up in PA where it's very freezing cold. I think it's supposed to be six degrees there. Anybody out there that's battling the cold, please know we're thinking about you. Stay warm. Take care of yourselves. Drink some hot tea and snuggle up with your loved one and enjoy life. Because life is really short and it's all about, you know, enjoying yourself and loving yourself and not having that shame. Because that shame is a really yucky feeling to have. And I think that it's overrated. And I don't think we need to be feeling that these days. So take care of you. Love you. Love your loved ones. Reach out to me. Again, my email address is busy. B-I-Z-Z-Y at busylivingsober.com. Okay? And that busy for busy living sober is B-U-S-Y. All right. Very confusing, huh? All right. Until next week, keep getting busy, living sober. Bye-bye.